The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Ready, it's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 501 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I talk with Connor McCreary from Trickster at Zoop.gg. The book is described as an incredibly weird and outrageous horror comedy comic. We talk about how he works with Neil Gibson, who also writes the book, as well as what we can expect from the series. This project on Zoop is going to be concluding on October 6th, but don't wait until then. Now's the time to support it. We discuss the various characters, including Rory, the main character, as well as how you can support the series. As you can tell, I'm still having trouble with my voice, but I'm working behind the scenes to resolve the situation. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast, Connor McCreary, from a, a new project coming out from Zoop.gg, who we seem to talk with a lot, thankfully, and it's called Trickster. And I'll read the description, and we'll get to talking with you, Connor. It says, you have a new project on Facebook called Trickster is with Neil Gibson, and it's a horror comedy that is just the right amount of icky and funny. How's it going, Corey, or Connor? It's good. It's good. Thanks so much for having me on, Wayne. I really appreciate it. It's good to talk with you, and as I was telling you before we started recording, I found a lot of information on Facebook, interestingly enough, that uh, gave me some stuff I want to talk about, about the various characters, which I really like, and I think that's really good. So I'm going to borrow a lot from that, but let's get to the important stuff. Some people get really mad at me because I don't necessarily hit the vitals fast enough for them <laughs> according to what the zoop.gg tells me this is going to end uh, on and this is where uh, i have problems uh, i think it's going to end on wednesday october 6th is the, the best of my estimation it gives I, an, think, I think you're right i think you're right see they give the number of days left on the website and my math isn't that strong so i i look at it and i go oh you know i have to i sit and look at the calendar and count and i i never quite get it right so but i think we're right i think that's going to be october the 6th on a wednesday and as we're talking right now because you, you you're looking for more support which is great you've got up just about 40 supporters and the the goal is five thousand dollars and yeah. we're still on the way there and I'm very positive about getting there because I think it's going to be a great, a great story. Oh, thank you. It. Now, let me. Uh, there's a couple of things I'm really interested in finding out about. There's in the uh, the logo of the book. It says trickster, and on the end of the S, there's a, a three leaf cl- clover there. Yes. So, is does that mean this is happening in Ireland or Irish? What's what's the clover? So story? yeah. So 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 trickster is kind of Celtic horror. Um, 
It, it's funny because I actually have another book out this week called The Last Witch, which is also kind of, it's an all ages book, but it's also kind of Celtic horror. And it wasn't <laughs> planned to do these two things. Um, you know, for, for people who've ever seen my Facebook photos or stuff, I'm a redheaded dude with a big, big redheaded be- or big red beard, you mm-hmm. know, Connor McCreary. Uh, I, I come by the Irish interest, honestly. Uh, my dad was born in Ireland. Uh, I grew up on Irish uh, fairy tales and you know, really got interested in how, um, you know, like Irish fairy tales are are kind of dark, right? The the Irish mm-hmm. have a very dry sense of humor. There's a lot of humor using to deflect uh, what was in the history. You know, a lot of violence and, and tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I grew up on these kind of Irish fairy tales where very often uh, the heroes didn't win, or if they did win, they sacrificed so much that you kind of felt like you know, was it, was it better that they hadn't tried at all? And so uh, trickster came because Neil Gibson, who I'm, I'm writing it with, who's absolutely fantastic. I, I love Neil. He's one of my best friends, uh, period, not just in comics. He's a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Neil's also of Irish descent. And we were kind of joking around talking about, you know, our Irish backgrounds. And we somehow randomly got on to the idea of leprechauns. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll pause there for a second and take my half step back. So trickster mm-hmm. is a, horror comedy that follows Rory, who is our main character. He is this master of illusion who's sort of hiding out in a dive bar in Boston. And he uses these powers of illusion to basically be like a Robin Hood character. He protects the neighborhood people from, you know, greedy corporations, from scumbags, from gangsters. And where our story picks up is creatures from the fairy world, dark creatures have started to come into his orbit. And Rory has kind of promised himself that he's never going to get involved with fairy stuff. He knows fairy stuff all too well because he's a leprechaun. He's your, he's your average leprechaun banished to earth. Mm-hmm. And when he gets pulled in the very first issue, he, he starts to realize that something really wrong is happening. Mm-hmm. And this first arc is about Rory having to make a decision of, is he going to get involved in the thing he's promised himself he won't? And if he, if he does, what's it going to cost him? And if he doesn't, who's going to get hurt? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, to take that step back. So, yeah, so, so Trickster really focuses on Celtic mythology. The main character, Rory, is a leprechaun, uh, which is, is fun because people, when you think leprechaun, you think about Lucky Charms, you think mm-hmm. of the horror movies with Warwick Davis. But mm-hmm. weirdly enough, and this is where Neil and I bonded over this, leprechauns are actually from, from the, the canon of Irish mythology. They are the children of the sun god, which means they're actually supposed, they were actually originally tall and handsome or beautiful. Um, and the reason they love gold isn't necessarily because they're greedy. It's because gold was meant to be a representation of the sun here on earth. And so mm-hmm. Neil and I just thought it'd be fun to kind of reclaim, uh, you know, the leprechaun. Uh, and so, yeah, and Trickster, you know, like I said, it's, it's horror comedy. It's Shaun of the Dead. There's a lot of Firefly in it. And kind of Rory's a very Captain Mal kind of character where, you know, he's, he's a bit hapless. He sometimes runs himself into trouble. But deep down, this is a very competent guy with a very loyal crew, mm-hmm. even if they give him a lot of, uh, a lot of grief on the way by. Hmm. Okay, because it's interesting. Because the one cover that I see on Zoop.gg, it has him. He's doing one of those little games where you have to choose which is the correct one. And somebody yes. with a bright red hand is trying to point at one, and he's smiling, sort of about the whole business. So obviously, there's there's a trick going on in there. He's trying. You know, I never get those things right every time. Everybody makes <laughs> me do those things. No, no. So I'm always looking at it. So it, it's really kind of interesting. So is he is he old? How old is? Yes. So Rory is centuries old. So oh, really? He, yeah. So the so the way we work with our mythology, it's funny. Neil and I worked on this story for for literally eight years, almost <laughs> a decade, <laughs> and we you know we we have this we have actually several spreadsheets, huge spreadsheets <laughs> filled with story ideas and background and characters and. And eventually we kind of looked at each other and we said, we got to stop this. And we got to actually make a comic because <laughs> we could build the world out, you know, ad infinitum. And so, yeah, so the, the, the Rory is centuries old. Um, if you look back in Irish history, at a certain point, the Malaysians, who were a kind of pre-Romanesque people, 
uh, came to Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we decided that the original residents of Ireland were the fairy peoples Hmm. and, you know, and and Irish, you know, Irish mythology is filled with great stories of banshees and leprechauns and, Hmm. uh, you know, four more and all these great kind of monsters and creatures. And so we decided the original residents of Ireland were the fairy people. And so that Hmm. when the, uh, when the Malaysians, but also when the pre-Roman peoples came and Hmm. the Romans came, they Hmm. came with iron and steel. And Hmm. it's long been said in mythology that fairies, Iron and steel are mm. these, are like poison to them, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the notion we had we had really came with was like, oh well, when these humans came, at first the fairies tried to kind of live in peace, and then there was a sort of a split. The half the fairy peoples, the doves as we call them, were like, look, we can share Ireland. We we there's lots of space. These humans, we don't want to go to war with them. Mm-hmm. And then the other half, were the hawks, were like, no. Like, if we allow too many humans into Ireland, they're going to force us out. Which, hmm. to be fair, is not actually given humanity's uh, history for conquering native <laughs> peoples is not is not exactly a bad take. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Rory was kind of an emissary between the humans and the fairyland. And in our story, he fled his homeland. He betrayed the woman he loved. He stole the weapons that could have guaranteed the fairy people's um, safety against humanity. Mm-hmm. But he did it because the weapons were so powerful. It's kind of like, you know, nuclear mutually assured destruction. Uh, destruction. The weapons mm-hmm. were so powerful, he was convinced that they would not only be used to slaughter humanity, you know, wherever it could be found, but that they would also be turned upon the fairies by other fairies. And so mm-hmm. he thought the best way to actually save as many lives as possible was to steal these weapons and flee. <laughs> and so that's kind of a lot of where our story starts is this secret that Rory is carrying. And, it, you know, I kind of spoiler alert to a degree there. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why Rory has been so adamant about not getting involved in the fairy world <laughs> because he's in hiding and he, he doesn't want anybody to know where he is. He's, he's hoping that, He's basically hoping that everybody's forgot about him and or assumes he's dead. Hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, he's been around for centuries and, uh, you know, and he's one of the things Rory has always loved about humanity. He loves our, our, the chaotic energy of humanity, <laughs> but he's also seen in his time, you know, the, the class structure and the rich, you know, succeeding on the back of the poor, which is why he's basically become this Robin Hood type character. He's seen every bubble mania, economic, you know, uh, trick that you can imagine. And he, he doesn't like him. And that's why he's this guy, you know, when we first meet him, he's playing poker with a local gangster. And he's basically trying to get this guy to wager this gold watch that has been stolen from one of his friends. Mm. You know, that's the kind of guy, that's the kind of guy he is. Um, okay. and yeah, so he's, he's kind of a very classic Robin Hoodie type hero. Hmm. Now, uh, one of the things I'm kind of interested in is that on the cover that I see with him doing the little game, he, you can see apparently his uh, the eyes, that, but when I see him on the other page, he's got like solid green eyes with no pupils or anything in them. Is, is that yes. different? Is that how he does things differently? I mean, sometimes that that's different. Yeah, for How's sure. So, 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 Rory's big power is illusion. We 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 were playing around with the idea that human, you know, that uh, leprechaun's true power is illusion. And this this has some basis in Irish mythology. So, Rory can look pretty much like anybody. At the far end of his powers, Wayne, mm-hmm. Rory could 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 be in a room with you, mm-hmm. and suddenly you would be convinced that the room was filled with water, <laughs> even though it's not, mm-hmm. and because his power of illusion could be so complete, your brain would believe that illusion to such a level that it would start to shut down your lungs, your heart, everything. It would believe it was drowning and it would believe that you were dying. Now, Rory's not the kind of guy to do that, but that's the far end of his powers. So when you or I see Rory on the street, he's going to look like you are, you know, he's going to look like anybody he wants to, and he, he can do other things as well. But traditionally he uses this so he can walk around amongst us. But, when he doesn't have a glamour on, when he isn't using these powers of illusion, he mm-hmm. has these pointy ears, he has the solid green eyes that you mentioned. And so that's how we kind of differentiate Rory's true form 
from all these characters that he's going to play throughout the series. And so when you first meet him in the comic, he's actually this kind of punk rock, like very Sex Pistol-esque British punk. But we also see him. He also ends up having this Hercule Poirot style disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he disguises himself as an elderly man. He mm-hmm. well, he often disguises himself as police officers or paramedics, so he can get to the scenes of crimes and get information that he otherwise couldn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of what he does. And so, in the first arc, we do a lot of that. Most of the illusions we see him wield mm-hmm. are around disguising himself. Mm-hmm. But we do get a couple of hints of the greater nature of his power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we build out the story, as we go forward, uh, the audience will get to see more of what he can potentially do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think actually it's worthwhile saying right now, for just for the audience who's listening to this, mm-hmm. what we're crowdfunding on Zoop right now is, is issue number one. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole trade is written, and about I would say about 80% of it has been drawn. Mm-hmm. Um and the, the plan is to release the entire trade a little bit later this year, but we wanted mm-hmm. to work with Zoop to give fans a chance to dip their toes in, mm-hmm. get a first issue, make sure it's their kind of crazy, and also get some cool exclusives. Like the, the cover you mentioned is actually a cover by Adam Gorham, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is, is, is pretty much a Zoop exclusive, but there's also covers by Andy Belanger. There's a cover by Vince Sinico, uh that are you know, a hundred percent exclusive to this Zoop campaign. Hmm, cool. Now, the one thing it also says on Zoop is that this is a special forty-eight page Zoop exclusive edition. Includes you mentioned issue one, but there's also a preview of issue number two. Yes. A- and there's something that's gonna interest me as an editor. I'm gonna oh, cool. there's dueling scripts with you and Neil. Yes. How <laughs> okay uh what is the dueling scripts about because uh, as an editor i i know better than to <laughs> fight with uh, writers who come up with dueling scripts uh one, usually one prefers one and one prefers the other and good luck on that so what's the deal with the dueling scripts Okay, so this is kind of fun. So Neil, um, Neil actually used to be a corporate consultant. So he is a very logical, process-oriented kind of dude. Um, and I've always been, I've been in film and television and journalism. Um, and as you may know, Wayne, in comics, there it, it's not like film, right? For, for the audience out there, uh, you may or may not know this, but in, in when you write a film or a TV script, it's really prescribed. Like, to the extent that if you use the wrong font... And you try to submit a script, like people will look at your font and be like, oh, this, this guy, this woman doesn't know what the heck they're doing. They won't even mm-hmm. read the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Now, comics, thankfully, they don't have any of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I tend to write my scripts. I use Word. I have a very specific style and how I set up my page, mm-hmm. how, I, um, how I number my, my dialogue. And it's just sort of some stuff that I kind of learned from when I first started and then just sort of my own process. Neil writes his scripts in Microsoft Excel, which is like bonkers to me. But like he's got this process, right? He's got this very, and it's all logical. And like it, to be honest, it does make a hundred percent sense. Mm-hmm. I just could never do it that way. So when Neil and I write, when I'm writing, I'm writing in my format, mm-hmm. and when Neil's writing, he's writing in his format. And mm-hmm. actually, for this project, after a couple of scripts. Um, Neil broke me down and I've been, I've been working in his format, not in Excel. I'm doing, I'm doing a word version of his format. So mm-hmm. we have these dueling scripts to show people that, uh, well, first of all, we just thought it was interesting to, to let people see, um, two different ways of doing things. But we, you know, we really want to just encourage people out there who are interested in being comic creators who are, who want to write comics, that there is no wrong way to do it. You can mm-hmm. set up your format, however you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you who maybe, you know, go to Zoop, watch the video. Uh, a lot of the video is very tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Me and Neil pretending that we kind of hate each other. And that like, <laughs> you know, one of us is way better at this than the other. Um, mm-hmm. And so we thought we'd play into that. And so the series artist, Veronica Saraceno, who is like, she's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has created all these little caricatures of me and Neil, like being sad or yelling at each other. And mm-hmm. so we'll be using those in the book as we describe our scripts about how you know, do it the Connor way. It's clearly the best way. And, you know, Neil's having an angry face being like, are you crazy? Like, it makes no sense. Like, I just have to change this one thing and it changes all the way down my script. Um, 
So yeah, we just thought we'd have some fun with that and and just yeah, and just to really encourage people um, to try to create comics and to not be afraid. The Excel is a math program, which exactly. I, I I I use Excel for math, but I don't. I use Word for writing and stuff. Like As that. do most right thinking people, Wayne. But <laughs> Neil Gibson. He's a little strange. Okay, well, somewhere, someplace, he he got into that habit, and once you get into the habit, you're you're in, you're locked. So, okay, well, that's good. So that's good. Now, I wanted to go down the some of the stuff I saw on Facebook because I'm not interested in the supporting cast. Sure, because they seem really interesting. We get to see some of Veronica's drawings. And we also get to explore some of the, the different characters. Uh, the first one that I see on there is for Fintaine. I yes. hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's a centuries-old shapeshifter and our hero's best friend. He's also super lazy, doesn't mind abandoning you in a fight, and will totally eat the last wing. <laughs> so uh, how he gets to be his best friend, I'm not sure, but... Uh, that's kind of interesting, and he's a little guy comparatively, and he's yes, got yes. little little. He looks a little animalistic, uh, some ways. They're kind of like a little. Well, he's got the nose kind of of a leprechaun, but he's got the other stuff. Is looks almost like a. Uh, I don't know what to call it. Uh, kind of like a little animal of some sort. But yeah, so he, he's kind of he kind of almost like when Veronica drew him. She kind of drew him almost as sort of this weird blue like. Um, marsupial i guess right he's somewhere in the or not marsupial sorry somewhere he's somewhere in the in the monkey orangutan ape family like mm-hmm. he's got that kind of energy mm-hmm. so finton is actually based so there there is a character in irish mythology um uh finton mcbuckra um mm-hmm. who is this sort of um classic character who could turn himself from uh he, he turned himself into a salmon to survive the great flood uh, you know, so like the the biblical flood, mm-hmm. uh, he turned into an eagle. Uh, he turned into a hawk. He turned back into his human form, and we just kind of really liked this character. We thought it was kind of fun. Shapeshifters are fun, and we thought mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, our main character is someone who can make it seem like he's changed forms, mm-hmm. but Fintan can actually do it. So Fintan mm-hmm. is a legit shapeshifter, uh, and we decided that to. It's funny. We went through a few different iterations. We went through one where, like, he could only turn into something animals that he could see, mm-hmm. and so we were playing around the idea, like, what if he like drew a dragon really like haphazardly in a piece of paper? Could he turn mm-hmm. into like a really crappy dragon? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've decided is that Fintan can turn into any of the animals that were that would have been present in Ireland when he was still there. Hmm. And so Fintan is, yeah, he's Rory's best friend. Uh, the official canon backstory is that. Um, because Fintan has a strange, like his natural form is a strange blue creature that again, looks something like a monkey mm-hmm. um, that when he was, you know, that, uh, you know, people were obviously kind of terrified by him and that uh, he was um, kind of seen as the, he was, he was basically thought somebody thought he was a demon and they were trying to get priests to exercise this, this poor little home. Mm. Rory got wind of it and came in and kind of rescued Fintan. Uh, and that they've been friends ever since. But yeah, Fintan is, he's a bit of a smart ass. He's your classic sidekick character. You know, like, I feel like the, the best sidekicks are the ones that are able to point at the hero's blind spots mm. and make the hero confront their blind spots. And so mm. in the first arc, um, not quite the first issue, but in the first arc, that's what Fintan does. When Rory is afraid to meet the call, you know, to mm-hmm. answer the call, to meet the challenge, mm-hmm. Fintan is the one who, who holds him to account mm-hmm. and is the one who's like, well, if you're not going to do this, I will. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, in the very first issue for, for fans who get this, um, which should be all of you because it's amazing, mm-hmm. there's a great little bit where Rory and Fintan are fleeing these gangsters from this, yeah, you know, I mentioned this mm-hmm. poker game at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And Fintan decides to turn into a bird and fly away because, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't want to get shot at. <laughs> but he has this whole like, he's like, oh, but you know, like, I turned into a bird, Rory, because like I know you really like humans, and like you know, if I fly away, then that's one less target, so they're probably going to shoot less, right? So there's like less chance that they like, you know, shoot mm-hmm. some poor guy in the crowd, right? So like, I was really just trying to help you. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fleeing. Mm-hmm. I was helping you. And mm. So that's kind of Fintan in a nutshell. You know, he's—I mm. wouldn't call him a coward, 
but I would call him a guy who like, he's not going to risk his neck if he doesn't have to <laughs> at the same token in the first arc, in this first trade, Fenton mm-hmm. is probably the one who pays the biggest price in terms of being brave and, <laughs> and doing what has to be done. Uh, so mm. you know, we really wanted him to be that classic best friend sidekick who is a bit of a con who's both the hero's conscience, but at the same time does things that the hero would never do because the hero's a hero and Fenton mm. doesn't have to worry about being heroic. He can just, you know, sometimes he can run. Sometimes he can steal, you know, mm-hmm. like he's not the hero of this book. He gets to do what he wants. <laughs> now, it, when I look at that particular cover I was talking with, he's the one that's holding on to the, the street lamp. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's Finton in the background. That's a very different look for him than from what uh, Veronica does, apparently. So that's interesting. I, I guess they're shapeshifters and stuff, so they can do what they like. It's good. So that's one of them. That's, now there's another one. You know, well, this guy is short initially. There's another guy who's tall and looks like he's got ram horns. It says this is Puka, a yes. sweethearted fellow, but you don't want to get on his bad side. He's much taller than uh, Rory is, and he's got the ram horns and stuff like that. Now, he's not a shapeshifter, right? He tends to – he stays – does he look like that all the time then? Yeah, so we kind of play with it. So, like, uh, pukas in Celtic mythology um, are supposed to be bringers of good fortune. Now, they can also be bringers of bad fortune sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, they sometimes appear as a horse. Uh, sometimes they appear as a rabbit. Um, and I, I honestly can't remember now why Neil and I decided that for some reason this rams-headed... Um, version of the puka was this like i don't know why that was our decision that was the middle point between a horse and a rabbit mm-hmm. um but we yeah we, we you know the puka is is meant to kind of be you know that classic character mm-hmm. who's big and strong but is very sweet is probably you know he's not the cleverest of the group mm-hmm. um but is that is that character you can count on, right? Mm. The one who would, you know, if Fenton is going to occasionally lie and cheat, and Rory is, Rory, you know, Rory is honorable, but he'll do what he has to do mm-hmm. to win the day. Mm-hmm. The Puka is the person he will would never lie and never cheat. Mm. Um, and so his role in our story is uh, Rory runs runs this bar in Boston. It's called the Ferry Mound, and the Puka is basically ah. the doorman. And that's his job is to keep people who shouldn't come into Rory's inner sanctum out. And so while he is sweet and kind, as you, as you mentioned, Wayne, he's big mm-hmm. and he's strong. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like a very sweet, not as powerful, incredible Hulk. If we're mm-hmm. going to use like a classics uh, hero archetype. So yeah, cool. he's, he's a sweetheart. Okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, there's uh, two other characters, but then there's one I want to ask about. Sure. Uh, there's, <laughs> There's a girl who's introduced on Friday, but her name is apparently Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's going to face down monsters that would turn most humans into jelly. However, the biggest monster of all has her in its clutches, and nobody knows it, not even Tuesday. Now, she looks like a woman of color. Yes. So what's the story with her? So Tuesday is... Um, we, we wanted to have a point of view character for the audience mm-hmm. who could ask questions about the mythology and who people are. And so we created Tuesday. A Tuesday is someone who works for one of the biggest, most powerful conglomerates in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, she works in their insurance department. And when we first meet Tuesday, we meet a woman um, who's actually very disagreeable, who is not a nice person, who is, who is uh, greedy and venial and, and, and cruel, actually. Uh, she dismisses her coworker. She's aggressive to the people she's supposed to be helping. Mm-hmm. And when Rory meets her, she, uh, he's glamoured in the form of a police officer. She tries to basically bribe him um, mm-hmm. without saying it's a bribe, right? She's, she's very smart. She knows not to go over that line. And what Rory recognizes is that somebody has in, has, has ensorcelled her. She's been glamoured. And that this this rude venial cruel woman is not really her and so through the first uh issue or sorry through the first arc tuesday is a character who when you first meet you're you're not meant to like her but by the end she's very very sympathetic and so tuesday is someone who who loves um 
She's always loved the stories of fairy tales from all sorts of cultures. Mm-hmm. She'd always dreamed of being uh, a lawyer. Uh, she was her parents were both in the legal profession. Uh, her father was either a bad actor or was maybe like like a bad apple kind of thing or was maybe framed. She doesn't know, but it kind of ruined her chance of following his footsteps into the law. Mm-hmm. And so she has become, you know, she took this other corporate job. And so she's going to kind of be, she, she is our per she's, she's the person who can recognize, or she's the person that as a, as a, as a reader, you can kind of ask the questions she would ask about this world. Mm-hmm. Um, her and Rory are just going to have this natural chemistry and she's going to quickly find out some truths about who Rory really is and force Rory to make some really tough calls around here's this woman that he, he has this, you know, this, this almost instant deep connection with, and yet, you know, she knows too much. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do about that? Um, and so that notion about the, the greatest monster that's got her, you know, got her in his clutches. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of hint at that throughout this first trade mm-hmm. without getting, and I don't want to spoil anything without getting too deep in it, but yeah, mm-hmm. Tuesday is definitely, she is, um, she is one of those characters who's just, she, you know, like I've always liked the characters when you get into a strange situation, like it's, it always kind of bugs me, right? When, um, let's use vampires, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you get some classic, you know, some comic or some contemporary story and it's like all the characters have had all the blood drained out of them. And there was these weird puncture marks and you're like, seriously, nobody in this room has ever read a man rice novel right like nobody's saying like vampires like i don't know why it's vampires it seems impossible that it's vampires but this is clearly vampires right (laughs) so she's that character who like when confronted with the truth of the fact that she's dealing with the supernatural or the the magical fairy world (laughs) she's not like i don't understand she's just like oh like clearly these are supernatural creatures something really intense is weird is going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know how, but mm-hmm. that's obviously what's happening. So she's mm-hmm. very smart. She's, mm-hmm. she's very brave mm-hmm. and she's going to end up being one of uh, Rory's greatest allies. And she's <laughs> going to become one, you know, she's going to be really tightly woven into the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe even a little bit of romance, but we'll mm-hmm. see. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So that's good because, I, of course, there's a that's one of the female characters of the bunch. So that, that's yes. good to see. Now, there's another one. Then I got another question about one of the characters I see in a picture. Um, there's a drawing that's uh, the last one on Facebook says, and I'm probably going to butcher this. It says, Maeve the Cluricon. Yes, exactly. Okay, just think that way. Oh, oh, good. Well, I, I looked at it and I thought, that's got to be this way. It says, think leprechaun, except they love booze and not gold. Maeve runs the bar, talks truth, and keeps the good stuff for herself. She looks like she has tattoos all over her yes. arms. And she looks kind of funny. Now, is this a she? Is yes. This, is a, okay, so it is a she. This is another female. Okay, that helps balance the, the male-female part out. She's kind of interesting because she's also shorter than Rory is. And so the <laughs> she looks kind of funny. She had the long white hair, you know, kind of uh, braided up at what certain points. Is she how old is she because she kind of she has the white hair to make you think she's older. Yeah, I mean it's kind of funny, right? Cuz I mean this is this is one of those places where when you create a story and then you kind of dive into it, you're like, "Oh, I guess this is a bit of an anachronism, right? Like this is a bit contrary to we know like, Oh, well, Rory's centuries old yet. He looks, you know, like he's 32. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe is yeah, maybe is also very ancient. So clericans, when we were doing our research for Celtic mythology, uh, so clericans, yeah, they're like leprechauns, but where leprechauns love gold, clericans love booze. I mean, you know, I'm Irish, so I feel like I've got some license to say this, but like you can definitely tell that this is part of Irish mythology when they're like, Oh yeah, here's this specific spirit that only haunts pubs. And like, you know, like nobody else is like, well, wh- I mean, what ghost haunts a pub? The Irish are like, well, I mean, that's definitely a neat ghost, right? That's a different like creature then. So yeah. So clericans love booze. Um, they collect it um, religiously. And so Maeve is basically, she's the ultimate bartender, right? Like mm-hmm. she is gruff, but she's got a good ear to listen to you. She's got great advice, whether you want to hear it or not, right? Like she's going to tell you 
what the truth is as opposed to what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And she, but she also has some of the most unique, amazing, incredible, you know, alcohol hidden behind her bar. You know, like she's got, she's got stuff made from like hippogriff's tears, right. That will mm-hmm. make you see, you know, 19 different deities. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so she's kind of meant in some ways to be this gruff conscience of Rory's. She has a long relationship with Rory um, longer than Fenton, longer than really, you know, than Okafor, the priest we talk about, mm-hmm. longer than any of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the only character who knows at least some of Rory's history, of the fairylands, of the woman he left behind and betrayed, of the weapons that he has smuggled out and is hiding. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she is ultimately going to play a really big role in this story. Mm-hmm. But as you start off, you kind of meet her more as the kind of gruff bartender who mm-hmm. kind of likes to take the piss out of Rory and give him a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and yeah, it, it's it, you know definitely like you said, you know, we wanted to make sure um, that we had a good balance of different mm-hmm. uh, different genders in our cast mm-hmm. and different types of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tuesday, like you said, is a person of color. Uh, Father Okafor is another character that uh, I think we put through on Facebook and Twitter who's this Catholic priest, who's a good friend of Rory's. Uh, and yeah, we, you know, we just kind of tried to want to have a balance and have a cast that reflects <laughs> a little bit more of the world around us. So Clarecans are, are real legitimate Irish folklore. Legit. Yeah, they are, okay. they are, they are totally legit. It's a, it's a weird little segment of Irish folklore about like, <laughs> what are the monsters that live in pubs? Mm. Okay, very interesting. And I like the size differences too. Because sometimes in comics, everybody is the same size. You know, when they all stand up next to each other, they're all the same size. That's not the case with your group. You've got the tall one, shorter ones, all different sizes, which is good because that makes it a little more interesting when they actually have to struggle. Oh, for sure. And actually, if you look on the zoo, uh, for people who go to the zoo, if you if you scroll down, you'll actually see there's a cover by a series artist, Veronica Sarceno, mm-hmm. and it's got the Puka, Rory, Fintan, Maeve, and uh, Father Okafor all standing together. And and just like you just said, what I really love about it is she does such a great job of of showing how different in stature all the characters are. And I agree with you. There's something dynamic about getting a team and seeing that team together in a pose. You know, I think it's why the Hulk is huge and why Captain America is like, it just, it just makes it more interesting to get just different types of bodies and characters. Mm -hmm. Now, I think you've already answered my question. Who's that tall guy on the left side? Father, what'd you say his name was again? Oh, father. Oh, so father Okafor. So, um, I spent some time in a, in a past life as a journalist, and I actually worked in Africa uh, mm-hmm. for about a year, which was mm-hmm. an amazing experience. I, I, I worked in Ghana, mm-hmm. um, but Ghana is basically like neighbors to Nigeria, mm-hmm. and so I learned a lot about Nigerian culture. I've, I've mm-hmm. got a bunch of Nigerian friends here, mm-hmm. and so Father Okafor is sort of this Nigerian, um, Nigerian-American priest. He's, he's kind of like the epitome, like he's the perfect thing that you'd want a priest to be, whether you're a mm-hmm. believer or not. He mm-hmm. is honest and kind and compassionate. He's got a great sense of humor. He doesn't take himself mm-hmm. or his calling too seriously. He sort mm-hmm. of figures like if you're, you know, if, if God is going to come into your life, he's there to help you, but he's not trying to cram anything down your throat. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he kind of believes that things work out the way they're meant to. And so him and Rory are quite good friends. And a lot of who Rory protects are people that are part of uh, Okafor's parish. And so at the very beginning in the story, when I was mentioning, but you know, Rory is disguised and he's, he's gambling. Mm -hmm. It's to get this gold watch back for one of Okafor's parishioners. Mm. And our big turning point in the series, which is at the end of issue one, and I don't want to give too much away is the person that he helps this, this woman, I, you know, he gets her back this watch. It's a, it's a family heirloom. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something deeply wrong with this woman. Something has, something is really wrong. And mm-hmm. she does something at the end of the first issue, which is pretty horrific. <laughs> and that's our jumping off point to realize that there's not just, you know, human quote unquote monsters that Rory has to deal with. Mm-hmm. But there's something much darker and much, uh, you know, something that's truly evil mm-hmm. that has come to town. Um, <laughs> 
And so Okafor is, yeah, he's another one. He's, he's another one of, of Roy's little uh, allies. He's uh, he has someone who has done exorcisms in his past. So he's kind of got that cool book, little bag with like the cross and the holy water. And so he's uniquely suited to when creatures cross over from the fairylands that mm-hmm. mean no, you know, mean, mean no good for anybody. Mm-hmm. He's uniquely suited to have some weapons up his sleeve mm-hmm. to help Rory and the team, uh, you know, survive and, and, and overcome these challenges. So he's, he's, he's aware that there are other cultures with monsters in them besides yes. his own. Okay. He knows the truth. So he knows the truth about Rory. He knows that Rory is a leprechaun. He knows that Pinton is a shapeshifter. He knows Maeve. He's like the one human until Tuesday gets involved mm-hmm. that knows the truth about everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you'd say, well, yeah, but it's like this Catholic priest. Like, shouldn't mm-hmm. he see like a leprechaun as a, as a, as a, as a unclean being or something? Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, nah, man, Okafor is too cool for that. Like he sees these <laughs> things like, you know, this literal magic. Mm-hmm. And all it does is it just reaffirms for him that, yeah, the world, there are things in this world so much bigger than we can understand. And so if anything, it actually reaffirms his faith mm-hmm. to run into creatures like Rory. Uh, and the fact that Rory is, you know, as lovely and is a hero, despite mm-hmm. his flaws, mm-hmm. is, you know, another thing that makes Okafor be like, yeah, right? Like any of us can be blessed, you know, in mm-hmm. his sense, right? And so he's a very non-judgmental, really cool dude. Uh, I'm, I'm very much a lapsed Catholic but mm-hmm. I was raised in, I was raised by a Catholic and an atheist, which made mm-hmm. for some interesting uh, dinner conversations. <laughs> but I had, I, I was raised in a really liberal, mm-hmm. loving and kind religious environment. The, the mm-hmm. priest who was the, the guy at my local church was one of those people who just, he didn't go by the doctrine. He, he went, he was very humanist. And so mm-hmm. Okafor is actually a, probably a bit of a love letter to, to that guy, to that priest, mm-hmm. Father Paul. Who, you know, maybe be like, you know what, like, you know, you don't have to judge people, you know, Mm -hmm. and that you can be supportive of anybody. So that's kind of what Oak Force really meant to be. You know, even though myself now, I'm not particularly religious anymore. Mm -hmm. It was still something that Neil and I thought would be kind of nice to portray. Mm. Now, is the book a color book or is it black and white on the inside? Uh, Color. Yeah. Color. So it is color. Okay. Because there's a black and white cover by Vince, Vince Sinico. Vince Sinico. Yeah. Vince Sinico. Who actually he was, he was going to be the original series artist. And then um, we worked with Vince for a while. He's a, he's a local guy Mm -hmm. and he did great work, but ultimately Vince was sort of, he got, he got to get back to us and he was like, guys, I love this book. I really love drawing it, but I've kind of realized that I'm, I'm a cover artist and I'm a pinup guy. Like that's really what I am. Mm -hmm. And his, his like interior pages were actually really, really good. But he was just like, that's not what I am. And so Vince, uh, you know, he's always been a part of the project. He's, he's definitely part of the Trickster family. And so he gave us this really, you know, like his is the creepy, creepy <laughs> cover, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Adam's cover, which is kind of that three card Monte and a monstrous <laughs> hand. Mm-hmm. And you've got Veronica's, which is a wraparound cover, which shows monsters, but it's got our heroes. It's very like superhero-y. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a cover by V-Glass and their cover is sort of Rory and showing all these different like, um, identities that Rory could take in and it's also kind of fun and then Vince's cover is straight out terrifying it is this you know for those of you who haven't gone to the site yet it is uh, it is meant to be that woman that I just mentioned who Rory was helping who does this horrific thing and again without giving too much it is this woman with this terrifying smile that is impossibly wide with way too many teeth in her mouth mm. standing over the crib of a baby Mm. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's meant to be, you know, it's meant to be creepy, you know, mm-hmm. Vince, Vince excels at creepy. He's, he's a heck of an artist. Mm-hmm. Now there's some add-ons that I get a kick of. Some of them are already gone. Uh, you lost the two out of two of the trickster covers. Uh, the earlier bridge special are gone. Then there was 12 out of 12 claimed out of the all four covers for $40. And then there was two, you get to be written in. Those are gone. There's one out of one, $150 to get written in into the comic as a drunken bar patron. Somebody already claimed that and also get written into the comic as an Irish stormtrooper. Oh, yeah. Claimed that. So all those are gone, unfortunately. There's one thing that I'm fascinated by. There's five of them. Uh, you can, for $125, participate in a master class 30 minute zoom call with both you and neil 
Yes. Learn about comic book writing from two masters and take part in an incredibly entertaining duel of styles. Take uh, Then pick a side that suits you best and let the victor rub it in. <laughs> For 30 minutes, that sounds like an interesting class kind of a thing. Uh, they got five of them. One of them's already been claimed, and there's four left, so you don't want to miss on that. Now, I do want to add that I have signed up. I've already uh, chosen something. And oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, my uh, – <laughs> let's just say that the space in my room is not equal to the space on my hard drive. So uh-huh. I have, I've often taken the, the digital – First, I think in that one, that's what I think with this one I did too. I took a, a digital one off. I have to, you know, I kind of forget. Sometimes I get, uh, to, let's see, I am, let me look into the supported campaigns and that'll tell me what I did. Uh, yeah, $15 I did. I think I took a digital one this time because I just, oh, very cool. Well, thank I'm you. Just, I'm just kind of, I, I don't have enough room for everything, unfortunately. I'd love to have everything, but I just can't. So, anyway, uh, that's going on. So, there's all kinds of wonderful things. As we said, it's going to be until Wednesday, October 6th. Do not wait that long, however. There are, there's a goodly chunk of it is already been claimed. As I said, there's several, uh, some great uh, prizes that have already been taken. Don't wait until that date to get started. Do it right now after you listen to this uh, interview and get out there and support Trickster at zoop.gg because I think you're going to really enjoy this book. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's zoop.gg forward slash C, lesson cat forward slash trickster and you want to get in there and really support there's a lot of good stuff like i said there's a digital oh wait a minute i i think i probably did get one of the the i forget the the physical you can often get the digital with it so that's probably what i did i probably picked that one so but there's a lot of choices to go and there's still a lot of good stuff out there to, to pick so the thing to do right now is to get out there to zoop.gg and get the trickster and be sure to get this because this looks like a very fun and on some levels educational. I don't know much about <laughs> Irish folklore, so I'm I'm going to be really interested to read some of this stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm interested that you didn't make up anything new. You actually used legitimate Irish folklore. That's yeah, something. yeah, for the most part. I mean, I you know I'm, I'm not going to say that we didn't occasionally you know turn things to uh, you know to twist or change things a little bit like uh, the puka being a great example mm-hmm. of something where we were like hey let's let's kind of make that our own but yeah for sure and uh you know for also for people listening out there a really easy way to find this it is just type zoop z o o p or z o o p and then the word trickster into your browser and we're basically the first hit um, oh good but yeah it, you know if, like i said if, if you like horror comedies like Shaun of the dead army of darkness the goon um, this is very much up your alleyway, alleyway. And, you know, like I said, the, our main character, Rory, I think he's got a lot of Captain Mal in him. So Firefly mm-hmm. fans unite. Uh, but yeah, we know we, we you know, it's going to be a great, uh, it's a great issue. There's some really cool exclusives and it's, it's, it's your chance to kind of, you know, what I'd say, it's your chance to realize that this is going to be your next favorite thing so that you're, mm-hmm. when the trade does come, you're like, oh yeah, I'm getting that trade for sure. But mm-hmm. it's, it's that way to get in. And, and, you know, just make sure that you have the good taste that I know you do. Okay, very good, because I think it's going to be great. Now, if people want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? For sure. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Connor McCreary. I'm a 1N Connor, so the, kind of the old-fashioned classic Irish spelling. Uh, I'm on Facebook, also Connor McCreary. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter, also under Kill Shakespeare. Uh, that's the first series I did with Anthony Delcall from IDW. Uh, and also, if you want to mostly look at pictures of my kids, but occasionally comics I'm working on, uh, I'm also on Instagram as the real Connor. Um, but yeah, if you type in Connor McCreary, like I said, one N, uh, you will find me and all my social media. Uh, and we also have a Kill Shakespeare website that I believe has just gone live again after we updated it. And that gives you all the information on me, uh, the co-creator of Kill Shakespeare, Anthony Delcall, and then the new stuff we're up to right now. Great, great. Well, I wish you much success. I'm sure this is going to uh, get you meet your your needs for that and get Trickster going so people can really enjoy it. Uh, do you know who's going to print the the entire edition when it comes out, or is that still in process? Uh, no, yeah, that's still in process. That's still in process. Okay. We we haven't actually honestly we haven't got that far ahead at, at this stage. <laughs> right now, we just want to get uh, you know we want to work with Zoop, who've been great and really you know such a such a you know Jordan and Eric such wonderful guys mm-hmm. and. Yeah, you know, the first issue is going to come out. 
uh, the trade is going to be ready for the end of the year. And then we'll go from there. All right. Well, it sounds great. Well, much success, Connor. And I'm looking forward to reading more Trickster as it becomes available. There's some great pages, by the way, if you go to that Zoom well, thanks, page. Some wonderful artwork with some really yeah. fun stuff looking on there. Human drawings of you and, and, and Neil. All different uh, uh, bio pictures of you crying and you laughing and all kinds of stuff. So it's all kind of great stuff on there. So, you know, much success. And again, zoop.gg. Look for Trickster and be sure to support it. So all the best. Connor, you're doing great stuff. I can't wait to read it. Thanks so much, Wayne. I really appreciate that. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast, so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.